Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here, and uh, because all the jibber jabber is right at the end, as always, we get to leap right into today's story, which is called The Ties That Bind Us. Now, way back at the dawn of time, when human beings were still populating the earth, you can imagine that numbers weren't a problem. People were born and more people were born. <laughs> and no matter how many came onto the earth, the space between them was immense. So it was that people lived and grew and grew old <laughs> and continued to grow old because at that time there was no reason for them to go anywhere else. No matter how many cycles of the sun passed, people stayed on the earth and played. As a result, this was a peaceful time. Folks planted and harvested and learned and explored and felt no need to do or be or feel anything else. They lived happily side by side, knowing each other, enjoying each other, but primarily they existed for their own sakes. It was, as you can imagine, life would be if every soul was immortal. The gods at the time saw nothing wrong with how things were. Everything drifted exactly as it should, including growth within their own ranks. <laughs> this in the form of a new baby. The baby was the daughter of a small god, a lesser god. In fact, if you look at the history books of all the gods, you won't even see this one mentioned. His name was Sporos. Plants that grew from seeds were his domain, and he was happy with his lot. But the moment his child was born, he suspected that his low position amongst the gods would cause a problem for his daughter. That suspicion was confirmed when the rest of the gods made it clear that there would be no role or title for this new child. <laughs> In fact, the gods of the light even joked that the most this new godling would be <laughs> would be the god of geese. <laughs> oh, well... Seeing the distress in Sporus's face, they laughed and went back to their mead. What could Sporus do? The gods of light were all powerful. He had no control, he had no influence. So he took to spending his time thinking. If the gods weren't going to give his daughter a role, Sporus would have to make one. As he thought, he watched over his orchard, and this is what he noticed. Unlike the birds and the beasts and the human beings, the apples on his tree would fall to the ground, be consumed by the soil, and in so doing would grow better, stronger trees. And he wondered whether the gods of the light had ever noticed this and whether they had thought of trying it with the animals. If more animals grew out of the soil, 
planting these animals could be the role his daughter took. That would be an excellent job for a young god. <laughs> to test his theory, he picked up an ant and he pressed it into the earth. Nothing happened. No new ant grew. So he tried it with a thousand ants. All he saw was a slightly bigger apple tree where the soil had consumed these tiny creatures. Confused that one seed didn't behave like any other, Sporus called on Hades. Now he called on Hades for two reasons. One, that great god lived within and beneath the soil, so was best placed to know why the ants didn't sprout like his apple seeds did. But second, Hades had no love for the gods of the light. With not much else to do, <laughs> Hades agreed to meet with Sporos, who went to immense lengths to demonstrate what happened when an apple fell into the soil compared to a million ants. As Hades listened, a smile stretched over his face. What Sporus didn't know was that Hades wasn't watching the ants in the soil. He was watching the ants that Sporus had left behind. These ants behaved in a new and different and interesting way. Instead of fetching and carrying leaves, they searched and they scurried, they burrowed and they dug, looking for the ones that Sporus had taken. Huh, said Hades, let's try something else. What if ants are too small? What would happen if the soil claimed a deer, or a bear, or a wolf? So it was, in the dark, dark of night, Hades took a bear, he took a deer, he took a wolf, and he did to those animals what Sporus had done to the ants. He dug them into the soil and waited. Like with the ants, there was no new version of the creature sprouting out. <laughs> but the fellow deers came looking, the fellow bears came searching, and fellow wolves howled at the moon and hunted. Needing time to think about this odd new behavior, Hades disappeared back into the depths of the earth and wondered what humans would do if one of their own disappeared into the earth. <laughs> it not only amused Hades to wonder what the human's reaction would be, he also wanted to see what the gods of the light would do. And so, three days after he met with Sporus, on the darkest night ever known, Hades picked the first human he found and put him into the soil. For a while, nothing happened. You see, unlike the deer or the bear or the wolf, humans were quite used to people disappearing into the mountains or ambling into the hills or vanishing into the forest to explore because they always came back. 
But when this one man didn't, the humans did what the wolf, the deer and the bear did. They began to look for this lost soul. But no matter where they looked, they couldn't find him. And the more they searched, the more new and unexpected emotions evolved. They began to worry. They began to feel concern. Hades watched the people hunt and fret and was fascinated. And he wondered what they would do if he did it again. So on the next dark night, Hades took two souls and he buried them deep into the earth. With even more determination, the people left behind searched for their lost companions. And then one of them did something Hades had never seen. She fell to the ground. Tears filled her eyes and she experienced a pain in her heart. Hades was so amazed that once again on the third night, he took three people. By now, panic was beginning to grow. People began to travel in groups. They began to gather around each other's fires. They began to cluster together and hold hands. They began to keep their eyes awake and open through the night. Then they began to create stories and ideas and theories. They began to spread rumors about what had happened to these people and where they had gone. And with that, they began not to trust the people around the next fire in case they were responsible for the loss of those souls. And still they searched. And they searched, but because Hades had hidden them so well, these people were never found. Now, of course the gods of the light noticed the change. They saw how people had stopped exploring and instead were clinging to each other and trembling and shaking and jumping in shadows and fearing the night. And it didn't take long for the gods of the light to work out that Hades was behind it. <laughs> so they called him to the mountaintop and demanded an explanation. Hades was not impressed with the summons. And even before he reached that mountaintop, a great argument had begun that shook the very core of the earth. It was only when it seemed like the sky would split in two did Sparos, the small god, the lesser god, the god of seeds, step forward with his new daughter in his arms. I have he said, a solution to the problem we face. And he held his child up. My child has gold in her veins, he said. Let her connect these people heart to heart, soul to soul, so even if Hades does take them, they will still feel each other as keenly as if they were still at each other's fireside. Now, the gods of the light did not have good memories for certain things, and they had forgotten that Sporus even had a child. But because they knew Hades, 
and they knew he would not stop taking souls now that he had started, they immediately took Sporus up on his offer. And so it was that the god of loss was born. Her name is Apollea. Like her father, she is a small god, a lesser god. Overshadowed as she is by the great god of love, you won't find her name in the history books. But when you have lost someone you love, and you feel that tug in your heart, and you hear their voice as you enter a room, or they walk your dreams at night, that is Apollea binding you together for eternity. There you go, folks. That's it. That's it from Waffle Free Storytelling for this for this week. So, hug the people you love most closely, and uh, if you've lost someone, keep them close and tight in your heart. And uh, look after yourself, and enjoy every day. And oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say. Look after yourselves and be safe. And drop round to www.tinaconstant.com uh, to see all the stories and say hi and <laughs> have a bit of an amble around. And I will see you next time for more wild and woolly adventures from uh, Waffle Free Universe. <laughs> but in the meantime, just have a splendid day. All right. Speak to you later now. <laughs> bye bye.